0: We're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ogi Ugwe, the lead pastor of Circle Church International. He envisions all men living Christ-centered lives. Be blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. Alright, sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Alright, let's get into the word don't have so much time. All through this month we've been doing a teaching series on divine leading and um, we've discussed so many things and this is going to be the last teaching in the teaching series and so I, I and that's because next week is miracle service. Yeah and so I want to talk about learning sensitivity, learning how to be sensitive to the leading of God. I, I told you during one of the sessions, I'm seeing so many faces for the first time in a long time. And that's very nice. I see praise. We missed you. And other people I can't see because the hall isn't well lit where you're seated. But we missed you guys. Welcome back. And um, I did mention that God is always leading his child. In fact, God is always leading everyone. (laughs) It's interesting. Divine leading is not the prerogative of God's children alone. We have more access to it where everyone is led. That's the reason why even unbelievers will say, something told me not to. Sometimes it's the leading of God. God led unbelievers to Jesus' birthplace. Led Abimelech in a dream. Abimelech wasn't a king that believed in God. He was a pagan king. You understand? So, if God leads people who aren't really, you know, submitted to his will and his counsel, how about those who are? And so, how to hear God's voice is not a teaching we should have in a body of Christ, in a local assembly. We all do, even if we don't know that we do. Many people say, I I, I want to learn how to hear God's voice. And I'm like, no. What you want to learn is how to identify when God is leading you. You already hear it. Is that true? As long as you are born with ears as a human being, you will hear every voice. Is that true? Do Do you get what I'm saying? As long as you were created with a spirit as a human being, you have access to the realm of the spirit. And I said this last week. The realm of the spirit is not only good. The devil is not a physical being, he's a spiritual being, which means he lives where? He operates from where? The realm of the spirit. As long as you were born with a spirit as a human being, you were created with a spirit as a human being, you have access to the realm of the spirit. Do you hear what I'm saying? Which means that by your spirit, as a human, naturally, you can access things in the spirit. This is why, In many instances, you have people who know things spiritually without ever knowing it physically. You can go to a native doctor's place. He will do some incantations. And like they show us in the movies, a screen will appear. You know, high resolution HD 4K. It will appear and it will show you things that you don't know. Because in the realm of the spirit, information is passed. And if anybody has a spirit, you can access it. You understand? Now, so what we are trying to figure out is not how to access the information, but rather how to be sensitive. You see, because we all do. You have friends that, or you know people, maybe not your friends directly, but you've heard of people or you know someone who doesn't, he doesn't love God in the littlest way. He, has, he doesn't want to have anything to do with God or the body of Christ or church. But when that guy tells you, I had a dream about you, you take him seriously. <laughs> and how they would normally say it is that he sees. The thing is, such people are more predisposed towards sensitivity to the things of the spirit or to the things of the spiritual realm than we are. Sometimes, some things happen in your life and you say, Ha, ah, this thing is feeling like deja vu. It's like, I've dreamt about this before. Raise your hand if I'm correct. It's like, I've seen this thing in my dream before. What is the difference between you and that guy? That guy takes note of everything. He sees a dream. He wakes up. He starts to ponder. What did I just see? This person doesn't love God. He doesn't know anything about God. But he knows that the spirit is powerful. Listen, when you understand this as it Abiyah, is that you? What? My God, I'll tell you guys a story in a bit. But when you understand the things of the spirit, please, Abiyad, please come forward. Thank you. Thank you very much. When you understand the way the things of the spirit work, you realize that not everything that is gotten supernaturally is good. You see, that's the mistake people make. Some people say, if God does not love sinners, how come sinners are wealthy? Because the devil loves them. And he can make people wealthy too. Do you understand that? Not every supernatural thing is of God. So a native doctor can do incantations and some things will happen. I laugh when I hear believers say, the devil doesn't have any power. He does. You just have more. But he does. And the thing about power is you can have power and you don't use it. The person who has less will bully you. Is that true? So not everything that is supernatural is of God. We need to be discerning and learn some level of sensitivity to understand accurately how God leads and flow with that leading. Are you with me? Not every voice you hear is of God. Not every dream you see is from God. Amen? Amen. Interestingly, not every vision you see is from God. Let me tell you now. Not every vision you see is of God. I explained to you how that last week. I explained to you how that um, a couple of theologians believe, and I happen to believe with them, that the temptations of Jesus did not happen physically. They either happened by visions or in his mind. But they were spiritual experiences that were inspired by the devil. It wasn't God that was tempting him. Man of God once shared the story of how he slept and had a dream and in his dream, he saw Jesus on the cross and Jesus was bleeding and Jesus told him, go and tell my people that I'm still on the cross. Now, Do you know that a good percentage of people would wake up from that dream and wrong? Rema, the body of Christ has gotten it wrong all along. And then they will start trying to disprove how scriptures were written by men and therefore inaccurate. They come up with all these things all based on what I had a vision. So here's how this teaching will begin. The first step towards sensitivity is a rich knowledge of God's Word. This is where we ended last week, so we'll just pick up from there. Is that correct? Good. The first step towards sensitivity is a rich knowledge of God's Word. This is why, as a believer, you can't afford to not study your Bible. You can't afford it. You are setting yourself up for certain deception certain, it's, it's very certain that you'll be deceived soon. You can't afford to not have knowledge of God's word. It's the first step in discernment. A rich knowledge of God's word. Because like that man, you might wake up from a vision where you see Jesus on the cross Then you now think that. But the Bible said that he has been raised from the dead. Ah, no, he's not on the cross. Devil, get thee behind me. Many of us think that the temptations of the devil always come in form of, um, look at this girl, look, she's so fine. Fix on her, fix your eyes on her. That's what many people think the temptation of the devil looks like. Or you see somebody's iPhone, say, take it. Let me tell you, some of you might never be tempted to steal in your life. It doesn't mean the devil doesn't tempt you. Some of you might never be tempted with sexual lust in your life. It doesn't mean the devil doesn't tempt you. There is the um, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. The lust of the eyes is very easy to identify. The lust of the flesh is very easy, but you see, pride of life. You see, pride of life, very tricky. The devil will come up and show you something that only you knows, so you begin to feel like you have exclusive access to God. Listen, I say this with all sense of humility. Many ministers have fallen for that trick. Many, many. You begin to preach as though it's only you that God talks to. The rest of us, no. You, God does video call with you. The rest of us, he used to flash us. That's what many, that's the way, and it's pride of life. It's a temptation. You need to learn to resist it. You hear what I'm saying? You need to learn to resist it. When God is telling you something, all your friends around you are confirming what God is saying to you, then the devil will not come and tell you that. Have you noticed that? This uh, sister Nkichi, she's always jealous of you. You know, some of us, we feel like I'm smart. You know, if you deceive me, I see through your schemes. She's always jealous of you. And now she has poisoned others. It's, you now start dipping it. Uh-uh-uh. It's true. Why is it only through her? A God used to tell me not to do what I want to do. You're ready. I wanted to buy a phone. She came and told me that God said I should not buy it. Now, I want to travel. She came and she has come now to tell me that God said I should not travel. Why is she jealous? So now, you ignore the leading of God because of the pride of life. What do you have that you, that people should be jealous of you? What? <laughs> Who are you? Humble yourself. So you must learn to identify the works of the devil. And the first way we identify the works of the devil is not visions. It's the word of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's the word of God. It's the word of God. The works of the devil are very subtle. I've told you before. The major attacks of the enemy is not somebody will not appear. Do not let this green light come out from their hands. (coughs) White lights from your own hands. Spiritual warfare. Many people don't understand what spiritual warfare is. Most of your spiritual warfare does not take place in the prayer room. Do you hear me? It takes place in your mind. Do you hear what I'm saying? Ah, yes. Yes, there is spiritual warfare where someone is possessed or oppressed by a demon and we need to cast out that devil or deal with that issue. There's that. Please, there's that. <laughs> but at the same time, that is the that's a very minute aspect of what you are going through. The weapons of our warfare are not canal. Take note of this scripture. It says they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, isn't it? I'm putting it up on the screen. 2 Corinthians 10:5. I want to show you something. He says, casting down imaginations. Media team, please walk with me. He says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against what? Against what? Notice that the weapons of your warfare, they are not carnal, he says, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What are these strongholds? He didn't go ahead to start talking about witches and wizards. He says, first of all, casting down what? Casting down what? Listen, the devil might never in your entire life attack you physically by witches and wizards. He might never even oppress you by a demon, but he can still have a stronghold in your life, in your mind. When you understand this, you will learn sensitivity by force. You will learn it. You will learn to identify when the devil is doing his thing. He says, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God... That's our warfare. That's our warfare. We read Ephesians chapter 6, the chapter on spiritual warfare. And it says, um, when you read through it, many times, you know there's something called mental modeling. Where you apply what you already thought it was to what you are reading. And so, what you are reading might not necessarily say what you thought it was saying. But you are reading it anyways. Let's do a quick Bible study. Ephesians 6.12. He who has the Son has eternal life. I have the Son. I have eternal life. Everybody, we together want to go. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness. Now, It's very easy to read this. And first of all, your mind starts to think that principalities and powers refer to some certain types of demons and devils. They are part of it, but they are not all of it. Do you hear what I'm saying? When he says, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, understand that the darkness in this world is not necessarily demons and devils. First of all, the darkness in this world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. There is a prince of the power of the air, the prince that mocketh in the children of disobedience. So the first darkness in this world is disobedience that leads to unbelief. Are you following this? So when he talks about wrestling against the rulers of the darkness of this world, he's talking about the rulers of disobedience. Question, how does the devil keep people in unbelief? Is it by demons? Not necessarily. In your mind. He says, against spiritual wickedness in high places, verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Verse 14. Everybody, we together want to go. Stand, therefore, having your loins gird about with what? With what? Uh huh. So. Your first weapon of warfare is what? Come on now, speak to me. Is what? Uh, He says, and having on the breastplate of what? Question. When he says you should have on the breastplate of righteousness, is he saying that you should become righteous? No. You are only righteous. Christ made you righteous. So what is he referring to? A consciousness of righteousness. Knowing that you are. Is that correct? All right. next verse. Verse 15. And have your feet shod with the preparation of what? Of what? Alright, verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of what? Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fairy darts of the? Verse 17. And take the helmet of what? And what? The sword of the spirit. Which is what? Did you notice how? Everything he listed here, first of all, comes from a knowledge perspective. Did you notice it? It's not tongues, even if tongues are important. And I've gone to that extreme so that I can make my point. It's not tongues, even if tongues are important. Now, another question. Did you notice how he didn't talk about prayer necessarily? Am I saying you should not pray? If you like, don't pray. (laughs) No, you must. You must pray. But as important as prayer is in um, spiritual warfare, in the skill of spiritual warfare, knowledge is more important. You see, because knowledge will fuel your prayer. If you don't know what you ought to pray, you will not pray the right thing. So there are many people who have entered into spiritual warfare. Eh, eh, Every every father, sorry, how do you say it? Every arrow from my mother's side chasing me fall down and die the arrow should die fantastic stuff now i'm not against you praying that way if it works for you but here's the thing you ought to know there is a form of knowledge that must first inspire the way you pray we don't just speak arbitrarily in prayer you understand what i'm saying so it may be more effective noticing that there is an evil spirit chasing you from the village to pray that in the name of jesus I am protected by angels. Angels surround me. The arrow is not your business. How many arrows do you want to ask to fall down and die? How many? They shoot one, you say, Fall down and die. They shoot ten. You now start. Arrow one, fall down. Arrow two, fall down. Arrow one to ten. What's going on? Why don't you just pray with knowledge? Knowing that he has he has set his angels around about me on their wings will they bear me up lest I dash my foot against a stone in the name of Jesus I'm protected by angels. Is a lot is a much better prayer to pray. Do you understand this sensitivity will first start with knowing God's word. When I hear people praying uh, the witch in my father's side, my mother's side, fallen and died, I, I often ask them, do you think the problem is the witch? There are so many people available to be used by the devil. Oh. How many of them do you want to pray against? Some of them are your best friends. And you don't even know that the devil is using them. I'm just telling you the truth. Sometimes the devil uses you and you don't know it. You don't know. When you, when you give yourself over to carnality, which we often do, sometimes the devil takes advantage of it and uses you and you don't know it. He uses you to tempt your brother or uses you to tempt your sister. You don't know it. Praise the Lord. So how many people are you going to pray against? Say Mama Mama in the village. That's the one. Let her die. Let her die. That's all you want to pray. You are, I went for a prayer retreat sometime. I went to So there's this place I used to go to. It's called God, um, Prayer Village, it say. It's just an open land with trees. You just go there and pray. There's no accommodation. When you pray finish and you're you sleep on the floor. It's sand. It's not sand. It's beach sand. They filled it with beach sand. When you pray finish, you sleep there. If it rains, it, the, when we went there, did you go with us that time? When we went there to pray, it's rained. We prayed under the rain. Finish praying. The rain will finish falling. You dry your body in the sun that comes out. Then continue praying. So we're praying. We're praying all night. And there was this guy who was now, I was not say he's dropping on his prayer, but you, 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 his voice was so loud. And all through the night, he had one prayer point. There was somebody's name, he was mentioning, I can't remember the name now. He was calling one person's name and asking that person to die. Through the night, I said, I, I, I wanted to meet him and say, are you no wicked like this? What's going on? Here's another thing we don't know. Sometimes in our prayer, We give room to the devil. We we give so much room for hatred. We give so much room for jealousy and competition and envy. Or the expression of pride. God, do it for me so that others will know that you are God in my life. It has nothing to do with God. You just want everybody to know that I've arrived. Then when they ask you, you say, well, to God be the glory. you don't realize is that in that method of prayer you have given room to the devil. We idolize prayer so much we don't understand it. It's true. So we give room to the devil in many ways. We give room to the devil in different... That's why the knowledge of God's word is very important. It will shape the way you think. There's one scripture the Lord kept on my mind from the end of last year till like middle of this year. What have what is it that we have that we did not receive ah i kept thinking about like at random times it just pop up in my mind what is it that we have that we have not received where then is boasting of works no but by the law of righteousness listen it made me a more compassionate pastor So now somebody comes to tell you, Pastor, I'm struggling with this sin. A sin that me, myself, I probably have overcome. Or maybe I've never been privileged to struggle with it before. I'm not looking at you like, how? when will you stop all these things and touch God? What's wrong with you? Why is your spiritual life going up, down, up, down? I realize, where then is boasting? By myself? No, I'm not good enough. God's word. So now, I will not be leading God's child into temptation. Because you see, I can. I can be used by the devil. You can come and meet me and tell me you are struggling with an issue. And I tell you, something is wrong. You must, be, you must have a problem to be struggling with this issue. Because if you do not have a problem, why would you be struggling with this issue? You have a problem. And so you go away thinking you have a problem. God doesn't love you. You are not accepted. Which opens up the room for the devil in your life. Can you see how he used me? Very subtly. I'm talking about divine leading and i'm going this route because i've told you god leads us in many ways many different ways and so to some people or for some people god's leading looks like a voice but for all of us god's leading comes from his people the people around us if we are not sensitive enough to discern the works of the devil we'll think that the activities of the devil are the same with god's leading. Praise the Lord. So number one, have a rich knowledge of God's word. That's how you fight the devil first and foremost. When the devil came tempting Jesus, Jesus didn't go praying in tongues. Did you know? You read it ba? Matthew chapter 4. Mark chapter 4 Jesus didn't go praying in tongues the devil said if you are the son of God turn this stone to bread Jesus was looking at the stone as he's praying in tongues you will not know when he will turn it to bread it's true a knowledge of God's word will save you whenever I talk to ministers of the gospel there are some things I will tell them there are issues that they present before you you take it to God in prayer some they present before you you and the person we agree in prayer some you ask the person to go and pray there are some that you run away from if you don't know God's word we fall into the devil's trap a couple of years ago a lady called me we were in school at this time and she said she wants to see me in the evangelism office in school and so we went to the evangelism office this was in the night time we went went to the evangelism office okay, no, this happened twice. The first one was in the morning. And we were sitting in the office. The office was open. I left the door open as my custom is. I don't counsel ladies in private. In Jesus' name. So I, I left the door open. And then this lady started like telling me how she has a pornography and masturbation problem. Now, I'm not surprised. It's not like, that is is my judgment on her. Many people do. So, and then when you come and tell me I'm struggling with this, especially as a lady, the first thing I'll first of all tell you is, don't worry, God doesn't condemn you. If he still loves you, then after all of that, you need accountability. It's not me that you'll be accountable to go meet a female. Right? So I, I proceed to go through my routine, you know, to help this person through the problem. And she says, no, 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 I don't understand. And so she goes ahead to put me through the most awkward 20 minutes of my life. Where she begins to describe the kind of pornography she likes to watch, how she likes it. Now, that's yeah, I'm not watching it, I'm hearing it. So at some point, I just told her, Sister in Christ, stand up, please. Let's go outside. She said, Why? I said, Number one, I have blood flowing through my veins. Um, am as far as God has, as long as God has anointed me, I'm still a man. Let's go outside, please. And then when we went outside, she stopped talking, she no longer needed help. Let's go and eat. That was the end. First of all, let me tell you something. Ladies, please close your ears. Men, open your ears wide. Fear women. Please. I'm jokingly serious. <laughs> from that day, I learned something. When a lady comes to tell me, I'm struggling with my sexuality, <laughs> say, my wife, please. See that issue, I will always run away from it. I don't, I'm not anointed enough to help you. My wife is. Me, I'm not. <laughs> my wife. I know that one from the word of God because the Bible says flee all appearances of youthful loss. Flee. It didn't say pray in tongues out. Pray. It said run. Face the other side. And run. You will never be strong enough to deal with it. Never. Run away from it. Do you hear? The word of God will save you. It will save you. Number two. Learning sensitivity. Number one, have a rich depth, a rich knowledge of God's word. And number two is a build up from number one. Exercise yourself onto godliness. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Everybody read 1 Timothy 4, 8 together, 1, 2, go. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Pause. Now, read the next line with consciousness. Having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. It says bodily exercise profits little. What does it mean by pro- is, First of all, you know, fat people like me. That are Christians who've used this scripture to run away from exercising. When he says the prophet's little, it does not mean that it does not have any profit. It does, if you like. If you don't, you will die early. It's not. I'm not prophesying over your life. You have many of us have unhealthy eating habits. God, Jesus, when he says the prophet's little, it means that no matter how much it helps you and it extends your life by, you still die.
1: Do you understand?
0: The life still ends here. But spiritual exercise or godly exercise has within it the promise of the life that now is, that is the one we live, and also the life that is to come. In that sense, it profits more than body. Do you get it? It does not mean that exercising physically is useless, or is it sin? Like I've heard some people say, do you get it? However, he uses the bodily exercise as a form of skill, or a form of reference, so you can understand how spiritual exercise works. When I was in the university, I used to jog. I used to jog every morning or almost every morning in my final year. I used to jog 6 to 8 kilometers. It's, it's impressive being impressed. <laughs> I used to jog 6 to 8 kilometers. And I used to jog that much because I had this roommate that the best way I can describe him is a Kenyan, Because God. So if you went to Combo University, let me paint a picture. I used to jog from Daniel Hall. To the school gates, then back. That distance is about six to eight kilometers, somewhere between. This young man used to do that thing every morning three times. Three times, three. He would jump and come back, then go and come. He has done a marathon. This Lagos access, he doesn't miss it. He, do, he loves it with all his life. He, goes, he, he does it for fun. You know how many people are running for money? Not him. Just, I, I just want to run. And it's a sign of wickedness. Because the wicked man runs when nobody's pursuing him. His name was Femi. Ugh. Now, when we first started, Femi would take us out to jog. So I would run from Daniel Hall to that Hebron Ark. That's the entrance to the hostel area. For those of you, this is about. It's less than a kilometer. It's not. It's not far at all. It's just a straight road. And by the time I get there, I'm like, "This Jesus Christ, I'm gonna die." And then Femi has gone, so he's on his return. And you I "Are you still here?" I say, oh, "Brother, I'm still here." But I started to figure out how to do it. So I realized some mistakes I was making. I would start the um, jog at Femi's pace. Now, this guy is a Kenyan. Me, I'm Igbo, to the core. If this guy is running 60 kilometers per hour, I should be running two. Not 60. He's better than me. So I figured out if I slow my jog, I might do it longer. So I slowed my jog. I was now getting to chapel, going past chapel. Then with time, I would get to the gate and walk back. Because it's not me that killed Jesus. He died for me, but I didn't kill him. So... I would get to the gate and walk back, right? Then I would try. And then before I was completing the circuit, I would go around and walk back. That's how spiritual exercise is. You see, the issue is this. Some of us, when we want to take God seriously, you want to immediately start praying six hours. Let me tell you something that will happen for sure. You will burn out. Because even those who are grown, that pray the six hours, we know they do them every day. So now you get up, and and this is why I'm very weary of people who, out of enthusiasm and a a need to teach the people of Christ to pray, exalt, stretch prayers above everything else. You say, when I was in year two, I was praying 20 hours every day. You definitely failed in school. If If you're praying 20 hours, when do you go to class? Did you write exams? exam? So it's that you're lying or you failed. Woefully. Thank you. And so we exalt all of those prayer times. We exalt stretch prayers. And see, listen, in this church, we believe in stretch prayer, you know. We do. We're going to We have one coming up very soon. The people will come for campfire now. We'll just have morning devotion. It's not long. Just. A few minutes of prayer. (laughs) Right. So the argument is not against stretch prayer. The argument is for spiritual exercise. Knowing when to do it, how to do it, and how to grow. But listen, it is an exercise. You must exercise yourself spiritually. You must. If you don't, you will not grow. It's inevitable. This is important because a lot of people you go to the you 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 think you you do your spiritual exercise like you do it in the gym. You go to the gym first day, second day. My favorite, so there's those who want to lose weight, people like me. I want to lay aside every weight that not anyway. Then there's those who want to lose weight, right? And there are those who want to put it on. You see those ones that want to put it on? They're my favorite. So you want to put on with. You now eat one meal. One meal. Me that I'm fat. Don't you think, don't you know that we put commitment towards it? Sleepless nights of shawarma. Anyway. So you you eat one meal and you climb the scale. Nothing happened. I'm not doing it again. is that how it works? It's the same thing with your spiritual life. Listen, if you will grow, you must understand that there will be times when you wouldn't want to do it. Do you understand? You might go a whole few days and you will now realize, it's not that you, you woke up and then you said, ah, it's time to pray. I'm not praying. You didn't, it didn't cross your mind. It's after like two days. You're not like, wait too." Till... Ha! Ah. So I've not prayed like this now for two days. Oh yeah, I'll pray tomorrow morning. Then when you now wake up in the morning thinking, okay, I'm ginger to pray. Your body will tell you, what are you trying to do? Pray. It's true. It's true. But it is an exercise that you must partake in. If you will grow. Listen, let me teach you something. There is no spiritual activity that is independent of other spiritual activities. What I'm trying to say is, um, discernment is not independent of your spiritual growth. A lot of people want to know how to identify God's voice without having a prayer life. No, they are linked to one another. I know that um, as believers, we all have access to the gifts of the Spirit. It's true. You do. You can give a word of knowledge. You can give a word of wisdom. You can prophesy. You can speak in tongues and interpret. You all, you all can. The Bible says that we can. But here's the interesting thing. If you will become skillful at it... You won't become skillful at it by saying I want it. No. Desire is not the only component for spiritual growth. Desire must be followed by exercise. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so, allow me to down for this. You, you may have seen this movie, The Karate Kid. How many of you have seen the movie? Raise your hand. Is that the old one or the new one with Jaden Smith? Raise your hand if you have. If you have not seen the movie, raise your hand. Can I ask you, what's wrong with you? I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But you may have seen the movie where the kid goes to the master and says, I want to learn how to fight karate. And the master says, all right, that's fine. Fetch a bowl of water. He fetches the bowl of water. He puts the bowl of water outside. And the man says, now, I want you to slap the bowl of water. Do you remember? And so he goes on slapping this thing. And for how many weeks, all he did in training was slap the bowl of water. Right? And at some point, he gets upset. I said I want to learn. I want to learn to kick people. So if I kick your spirit to come out first. Why are you telling me to slap water? What do you mean by slapping water? And then the guy says, I think he tells him to slap something else. And then he realizes how strong he has gotten in just doing that one thing. Listen. When the Bible tells you read your Bible, pray every day, it's not because God does not want you to flow magnificently in other things of the spirit. When we tell you read your Bible prayer every day, we are telling you because by the time you do it, and you now get into, and a microphone is given to you in an audience, lead prayer, you open your mouth, you will now realize that for how many months of one consistent activity, you've built so much depth, and you didn't know. Discernment becomes easier. Flowing in the things of the Spirit becomes easier. The problem is people come and ask me, how do I flow in the things of the Spirit? There is no how to. There is just spiritual growth. When you grow spiritually, the rest will follow. Are you getting this? So maybe it is difficult for you to discern God's voice because you have put your spiritual growth on hold. You've paused it. So you don't have a prayer life. You don't have a study culture. You have none of that. But you want to discern God's voice. How now? How? You see, somebody who has gotten used to the way God talks, it's not like like every night around 10 p.m., his phone will ring, say, hello, Nabi now, verse J, how was your day? That's not how it works. It's probably because the person has a prayer life. Every time it's time to pray, he has a prayer time, he will set his alarm, it's time to pray, he will go to the prayer place, he will sit down. When he feels like it, when he doesn't feel like it, he's talking in tongues. Sometimes he's talking in tongues, his mind is not there, but he's there. Do you know how important that is? It is much better than the person who doesn't pray because it doesn't feel like it. You, you've got, and many of us, even me happens to me. It's prayer time. Oh, my phone is not here. So your phone is in your hand. You are sitting down and you are scrolling through your phone. You are scrolling through Instagram. Taking in everything happening on Instagram. <laughs> But that is more powerful than the person who doesn't have a prayer life. You see? Because one day, you'll be scrolling through that thing, talking like that, then you'll not hear the verse will you stop that? I'm just explaining now. Now you're beginning to learn to discern God's voice without even knowing it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Another time, you're praying, you're praying, and then you're praying about something entirely different. Then you just, the image of someone just flashes in your mind. You just feel this need to pray for the person. You begin to pray for that person. The next morning, the person calls you, or you start talking to the person. The person tells you, "Oh, um, if you see what happened to me last night, then you realize as I was praying, this thing was happening. Also, oh, it was God that was leading me to pray for this person." You are learning discernment now. You see, discernment is not independent of spiritual growth. You grow in discernment as you grow spiritually. Are you following what I'm saying? You grow in discernment and every other spiritual thing. Pastor, I don't know. I've heard that it's possible to speak in tongues and interpret, but it's not working for me. Just have a prayer life. There will be times when you will be praying in tongues. You've prayed for a while. Then just one particular word just comes to heart. And you just begin to say that word over and over and over. Many times what's going on is tongues and interpretation. You just don't know it. You just don't know it. So now, one day, the pastor is talking in church and he begins to explain what tongues and interpretation looks like. You're not like, hmm, that's what, that's what happens to me. You see, you're not learning how to do it. You already know how. You just didn't know what you were doing. See, that's a lot better than somebody who knows all the words, but don't, you don't know how. Because you're not great spiritually. Our generation, we love definitions. eh? We love technicalities. We love it. But practice, you see, practice cannot be us. We need to move from there. Do you hear what I'm saying? There is such a thing as spiritual exercise. Take it seriously. Take it seriously. Your life does count on it. It depends on it. Take it seriously. Take your prayer time seriously. Take your study time seriously. If you do not have a prayer life, don't deceive yourself. If I ask you to lie to me, it's okay. God will not punish you, but don't lie to yourself. Do you hear what I'm saying? If I ask you how's your prayer life, you say, ah, "Pastor," because everybody has that question. Answer is always, "Pastor." It's great, but it can be better. You know all those interview-like answers. What are your weaknesses? I'm a focused person. Mm. Well done. <laughs> it's great, but it can be better. When last did you pray? Ah, pastor, I prayed. I pray. When was the last? I pray. Just know that I pray. <laughs> it's fine. But don't lie to yourself. If you do not have a prayer life, start. And don't intend, don't now say, I want to start my prayer life by praying two hours every day. Huh? You will burn out. Can I give you a piece of advice? If you want to build your prayer life, start small. Do one hour every day, but do it like this. 15 minutes, four times a day. Just 15 minutes. Four times in a day. That's one hour. Huh? Ah, So 15 minutes, four times a day. Listen, you will cover so much ground. So much. Try it. Set an alarm four times in a day. Once you, once you hear that alarm, just start praying in tongues. Whether your mind is there or not, whether you feel like it or not, whether you are working, you're at your workstation, you just hear your alarm ring, you pause it and start praying in tongues under your breath and continue what you are doing. 15 minutes, four times a day. Very soon, 15 minutes will become 30. And it will become 30. You at some point you just know I can push a little more than I'm doing now. That's how to grow. It's exercise. Say exercise. Exercise yourself onto godly things. Do you hear what I'm saying? Good. It's when you are growing spiritually. And if let me tell you something, here. let me tell you something. If all you ever hear God say to you is, is a new season. It's a season of, you are not, you are not, I'm telling you now categorically, your spiritual life needs it. Because what that means is that your ears are only open to hear what you want to hear. I'm sorry if this offends you. Actually, I'm not. But I'm just being honest with you. Because you will never hear when God is telling you to carry everything you have. This is Tankechi. She needs help. Empty your accounts. Give it to her. It can never be God talking to you in that time. What do you mean by that? Please stop that. But once it's a new season. Ah, you must hear it too. You must hear it is a new season. It's wrong. Because it's in the prayer place. God will now tell you, I want you to go on a fast for three weeks. Every day you fast from this time to this time. Break by this time. Alright? And you break by doing X, Y, Z. Oh, that's God talking to you. Another time, God will tell you, I want you to go on 30 days of evangelism. Go out every day. Evangelize every day. Make sure you are evangelizing every day. Oh, that's also God talking to you. I want you to call this person and pray for them. Call this person. Ask them this question. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, That's God talking to you. Not every time is a season of abundance. It's a season of more. You know, some of... I'm sorry, some of those things come from your flesh. You know ba uh uh-huh. some of it is your flesh speaking. Let me just tell you something. Um, during devotion, during campfire this year, there are going to be rules. Nobody should give anybody word until prayer time is over. Uh-huh. I like how everyone is quiet because some people that's all you use your prayer time to do. All you use your prayer time to do is go around giving people word. You're not praying. You only giving people word up and down. Nobody is not allowed. When we say pray, you pray. When we finish praying, in Jesus' name, if you get a word for someone, write it down, hold it, put it in your pocket. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. You not carry your book and start going around. Please, I have a word for you. God said I should tell you this, sister Kichi. Okay, please wait. I have a word for. You. That's how you are going to do it. Amen. you amen. like don't say amen. It's not my business. And then you will not be disturbing people who want to pray. It's true. Somebody is praying. He has not even prayed two minutes. Four people have come to say, Sam, I have a word for you. Sam, allow me to pray now. And it's always the same thing. a new season. It's a season of more. <laughs> Listen, if the word is genuinely that is a season of more, say it. I'm not saying that every time it comes like that, it's not God. No, sometimes it is God. A couple of weeks ago, the Lord told us that we are going to start um, experiencing um, supply, supernatural supply. And we have. He is God. We've been seeing it. He said it. We are doing it. And I declared it to the church. But if that's all you ever hear from God, something is wrong. It's akin to you dating someone and all you ever hear from the person is praises. Say, so you know that something is wrong in that relationship. I hope you know. If all your boyfriend does is praise you if all your babe does is praise you huh? if I'm describing your relationship where you go home today, call your boyfriend and say, I will not be angry with you what do I need to do wrong? Tell me now because, because it, is, it is most likely that way because your boyfriend knows that that's all you want to hear there's no honesty in that relationship Amen? Amen. Remember I taught you, the first thing I taught you is God doesn't lead you for you. He leads you for himself. Which means that when God is leading you, he's leading you to carry out his own purposes. And sometimes that leading will need to prune you. Are you getting what I'm saying? He will need to prune you. Take away that stubbornness from your life. And put in you a spirit of meekness. And so sometimes God will outrightly tell you that, do you know you're a proud person? Do you know? Oh, you didn't know. You are proud. Remove the pride. Let's work on it. Ah, yes, it's true. Thank you for the silence. It means I'm preaching good. But it's true. So exercise yourself unto godliness. Take your prayer time seriously. Take your study culture seriously. Take spiritual activities Seriously. There are certain things the Bible has prescribed for spiritual growth. There are actually three of them. The first is prayer. The next is the word. The third is fellowship. See, I don't care how well you think you know God. If you do not fellowship with God's people, you will not grow spiritually. It's not possible. You see, because the devil's strategy is one thing. Divide and conquer. So, you are weaker when you are alone. Maybe you don't get it. One will chase A thousand, but two, ten thousand. There's a multiplying effect on your spiritual strength that happens when you gather with the saints. Listen, you may have had a weak prayer life for a while, but when you are in a prayer meeting, you pray. Is it true? There are seasons in my life when I know I'm overwhelmed by things going on, I'm overwhelmed with everything happening around me. So, what do I do in that season? I look for program. Where are they praying? Because if by myself I say, let me pray in my room. Is it true that there are times that even though you know you want to pray, you ought to pray, you don't pray. Is it true? Yes. So at times like that, what do you do? You look for where they are praying. Do you get what I'm saying? You look for a meeting that gets you praying. That's why church is important. That's why you don't just miss church arbitrarily. It's not for blessings. See, there's a blessing in coming. That's not why we come to church. I heard Bishop Oyelipo say this yesterday, very powerful. He said, don't miss a living church. If you are too proud to take your car to be serviced, the car will get it will get grounded one day. That's very true about your spiritual lives. If you are too proud to bring yourself to be serviced in church, you will get grounded one day. One day, you want to operate and it's not happening. And the thing is, many of us don't understand that God designed us to live from the Spirit outward." What this means is that many times the peace that you are looking for, the joy that you are looking for from the outside actually exists in your spirit. If you haven't serviced your spirits, that joy will not come outside. So you don't know why, but suddenly it's as if everything is, you're confused all the time. There's no joy. Nothing interests you anymore. I'm not saying that every time this happens, the problem is your spiritual life, but many times it is. Many times it is. You begin to notice that I don't know what's happening. Suddenly, I'm angry at everything. Check your prayer life. Check it. Check it. Something is missing. You're supposed to live from the Spirit out. The problem is we look for things that we should get from the Spirit. We look for them around us. Let me tell you something. No matter how many parties you go for and how many beaches you go to and how many places you go to eat, you will not find joy. Joy doesn't come from parties or beaches or people. It comes from the Spirit. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes! You may be temporarily happy, but true satisfaction, true joy comes from the Spirit. Don't joke with fellowship. Don't joke with it. Don't joke with it. Notice that when Judas was going to tempt Jesus, he wasn't with the other disciples. Do you understand? The, the the Pharisees didn't come and meet them. When the disciples were together, they now say, "Ah, we are looking for someone to tempt Jesus. so we need a candidate. Uh, you look like Alpha Ibudu. so I can try it out." That's not what happened. He wasn't with other. He wasn't with the other disciples. He went separately to the Pharisees. Listen, the devil's strategy is always to divide and conquer. When you are away from fellowship, you are in trouble. Do not normalize not going to church. Don't don't do it. And let me add, just by the way, online service is not the same with offline service. I hope you know. In Circle Church, we do our best to make sure the online experience is the same with the offline, but it is not. It's not the same. First of all, if you are in a, if you are in a season of apathy, do you know what I mean by apathy? Where you know you ought to pray but you can't pray. You want to study, but you can't study. Do you know that it will also affect how you interact with your online experience? Because it still takes the same level of discipline to tune to YouTube and stay there. It will affect it. So why don't you just get up? That discipline that you muster to open the YouTube, muster it, enter your car, or enter inside the car, or enter inside the bus and get to church and just be around. As the service proceeds, watch yourself get better. When I said we were learning how to be sensitive, I'm sure many people thought sensitivity is about how to squint your eyes and do your nose like this and say, hmm, I'm sensing something. No! That's not what it is. So. Sensitivity, discernment, it comes from spiritual exercise. Spiritual exercise in the word, spiritual exercise in prayer, and spiritual exercise in fellowship. Don't be missing from church. Do you hear what I'm saying? Ah oh, yes. And then expose yourself, expose yourself to the right things. Expose yourself to the right things. There is no use having a vibrant prayer life and you don't have a vibrant study culture. no use. Have you seen prayer for people that are wicked? Have you met people like that? Many times it's their word culture. Check it. They pray a lot, but they don't study anything. So, at some point, the thing about prayer is, if prayer is not shepherded by God's word, the motive of prayer quickly changes and gets corrupt. So, at some point, prayer stops being about fellowship with God and God fellowshipping with you. And when you understand what fellowshipping with God and God fellowshipping with you does, you would know that it changes you. You see, we all with open faces, we are transformed as we look into the... Do you get it? We are looking into the mirror, we are seeing an image, the image God sees. And the more we look into it, the more we are transformed into it. That's the way the, That's the principle of God's word. The more I look into God's word and I see... Who God thinks I am in his word, the more I'm changed into it. Pastor, I'm an angry person. I have anger issues. That's fine. Study God's word. Should I study God's word on anger? No. Just study God's word generally. Have a good study culture. The more I look into God's word, I'm transformed into what God's word says about me. But when I'm not looking into God's word, but I have a vibrant prayer life, soon my prayer becomes about different things the first one we quickly make the mistake of doing is prayer becomes about power alone. The thing about power is that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So when I now realize that my prayer has power, I'll start using it in a corrupt way because there is no word of God to shepherd the way I use it. So exercise yourself in the study of God's word. Their messages. Listen to them. Hey, well, I'm not that kind of a person. You listen to podcasts, don't you? So the problem is not that you don't have the patience to sit down and listen to a message. No, it's priority. Exercise yourself in God's word. Exercise yourself unto godliness. At this stage of your walk with God, some things are listen. We don't just do things because, oh, we'll go to heaven or hell if we do them or not. That's so childish. Let me settle it. You're not going to hell. Say amen. Whether you said amen or not, you are not going to hell. Settled. So let clear that. That's not a motivation for you to do things or not do things. That, oh, I will not smoke today because if I smoke, I will go to hell. Fire. <laughs> How about doing things because God said not to? Amen? Then there are some. God hasn't said anything about it. But you know, if I start on this road, where is going to lead me? I don't like it. So how about doing things just because you're a Christian? How about that? How about that? Oh, let's go to XYZ place. What are we going there to go (laughs) and do? I spoke to a lady in 2016. She went, 2015, 2015. She went out with a couple of friends. Before she left, they were going to Quillocks. You know Quillocks? It's a church. It's, in, it's on the island. A place of worship, yeah. So they are going to Quillocks. Before she left, she knew they were going to Quillocks. They told her at Quillocks they are going to. This person loves God. Then she went with them to. Aha. How do you know what they do there? <laughs> she, went, she went. with them to Quilox. Then she called me from the car at Quilox at night. That they are smoking everywhere. That's ah. What did you expect to be happening there? When I said, "All right, now let's lift up our voices and begin to thank God for an amazing day. Just rejoice." <laughs> Is that what you would happen there? Listen. Part of godly exercise is saying no to things simply because I'm a Christian. Simply because I'm a Christian, don't let Fomo put you in trouble. Oh, the fear of missing out—that's what Fomo means. Because ah, everybody will now go. I'll not be there. I'll not be fun. I'll not have fun. Exercise yourself unto godliness. Some things just say no to them. Just quietly, you can have fun, but there are sometimes you just say no. This is not a condescending no. That no, no. This is just no. I'm 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 not going to do that. Praise the Lord. They not tell you. Oh no, but it's fine. Hey, eh, if there's one alcohol, very big issue. Say, eh, the Bible doesn't say anything about alcohol. Jesus said, eh, In fact, the wine Jesus, turned. The water that Jesus turned into wine, the wine was most likely alcoholic. That's true. That's very true. But you know this person that is talking to you. You know how the Bible says be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. You see that excess. That's where this person lives. The person lives in the overflow. So now, you know this person that is talking to you. If you go out, it's not a glass or half a glass. Not something lit so that the. The person is going for overflow. Person now says, Can we go out for drinks? I have water in my house. I will drink water at home. No. Why don't you want to go? I don't want to go. If they probe you too much, I'm a Christian, I'm not going. They laugh at you. Are you a child? That somebody laughing at you should affect you. Are you a child? Say, hey, you're a small boy. Oh my god, how can he call me? Are you a child? They laughed at you. I see you're Are you a child? <laughs> some, some things we do. So childish. <laughs> how would they look at me? Are you a child? uh uh-uh. When you're making money, do you wonder how they will look at you? Eh? Are you a child? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Exercise yourself unto what? Godliness. Exercise yourself. Make it a decision from today. Some things I know from me. Some things I'm not, I'm not doing. Mm-mm. I'm not interested. Some people know. There are some friends that they are only your friends for uh, at maybe tech business, uh, by exchanging funds, exchanging business ideas. That's where the friendship ends. You see social life, do your thing. Don't look my way. Someone was telling me that they invited them to um, a party at the office. This person said, I'm not going. And then they're saying to this person, why is it that every time we invite you out, you say you're going to church? How is it your problem? But no, 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 no. How is it your problem? You are going out. I'm going out. Your out is different from my out. How is it your problem? We're all going out? Why not at all? Praise Jesus. Exercise yourself unto Godliness. This is how you... I, I heard... And this is how I'm going to wrap up. As a man of God, I still listen to him. Powerful person. His name is Bill Johnson. He's the senior pastor at Bessel Church, Redding, California. I heard him say this. He said, consecration means living before the audience of one. Living your life as if it only matters to one person, Jesus. He said, the picture of walking with the Spirit is like this. One of the metaphors used for the Spirit in the Bible is a dove. One of the metaphors. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit is a dove. It's a metaphor. Now, doves are very gentle, but they're also very jumpy. Any little thing has a dove flying away. So, picture the Spirit rest upon you like it rested on Jesus. And you will therefore live your every life with the knowledge of the Spirit resting on you because you don't want it to fly away. And this doesn't mean that the Spirit will leave you. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there's, there is a way we must walk with a consciousness of the Spirit that lives inside of us. Think of it like this. You balance an egg successfully on your shoulder Why you did that, I don't know. But you balanced an egg successfully on your shoulder. And you're supposed to take a step from here to the door. You're not going to run, would you? No, you're going to walk so consciously that the egg doesn't fall. And if this means adjusting your position every now and again to something as little as an egg on your shoulder to make sure it doesn't fall, you keep doing that. If you're like, well, you like to do nothing where you balance a stick on your fingers. You would learn something quickly. If I'm going to balance this thing, I have to keep moving myself to so adjust to it. That's what walking with the Spirit is like. If we are going to walk with the Spirit, we must keep changing to adjust to the move of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost does not adjust to us. We adjust to Him. Are you getting what I'm saying? Good. And so, if, if you are going to be sensitive, a major part of sensitivity is the willingness to compromise your personal beliefs and your personal stance for what God says. Major part of sensitivity. A willingness of compromise, a willingness to compromise that, okay, this is what I want, but I'm, I'm sensitive enough to know that if, if God is moving this way, I ought to move this way to balance. Do you understand what I'm saying? Many times, it's not that, I, I, I taught you this before, I, I'm last week. The problem is not that God isn't speaking, but like a radio, the problem is that we are not tuned properly to the channel that he is on. And sometimes, the issue is not even that we are not willing to tune it. The problem is that we want to listen to two channels at the same time. And if you ever did that thing as a child, like me, that you want to tune the radio to two channels at the same time, there's something you will quickly learn. You can't. Is that correct? You can't. So you can't at the same time seek the voice of God and at the same time seek the voice of your belly. Are you getting this? One will give way for the other. Let me say the way Jesus said it. You can't have two masters. You will either serve the one and abandon the other or you will serve the other and abandon the one. You can't serve God and mammon. Do you get it? Your belly cannot be your God. And I'm not talking about just food. I'm talking about comfort. The things of this world, life, can't be your God. The truth is, if it is, you won't, you won't identify God's voice when he's speaking. You will hear it, but you won't be able to identify it. And even when you do, you are already predisposed to make decisions that um, favor your comfort above everything else. Do you see where the problem is? And so, we have a responsibility first and foremost in the, in, the, in the quest for sensitivity. We have a responsibility to align. Say align. align. We have a responsibility to align ourselves. And it's a very, very... <laughs> I want to say something and I'm going to say with all sense of sensitivity or response, um, humility. How many of you saw so online, or oh, let me just speak like this, so there's this popular, this is an if you know, you know moment, there's this popular music team, the gospel team, and one of the leaders of the team, one of the singers of the team, has been facing some serious backlash for his exposure to secularism online, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, if you know, and I was talking with PF the other day, about was it PF or Pastor Nelson, I was talking with someone, and the person was telling me, um, this person thinks it's an attack from the devil, and I said, not necessarily, Leo. When you sang, Purify me with fire, I want to be refined, what do you think God was going to do? So God has been trying to get you out of your sinfulness for a long time. But you've been turning a deaf ear. Sometimes, sometimes, what God does is just exposes it. Just shine some light on it. Now you have no choice but to live. And he does it for your own good. There is a thing about alignment. It saves us from embarrassment. It does. It will save you from embarrassment. You see that thing you've been hiding since? Every time God is telling you align, shift this way. You are hiding. One day it will become apparent. It will become clear to everyone that you are not aligned with where God would have you go. We like to put up facades. We like to put up um, an image. We like people to think of us more highly than they should. We want to come off looking good and righteous and nice. And the problem with that is many times we spend so much time on the facade even though we have access to the real thing spend so much time on the facade that we sacrifice the reality on the altar of the facade so you are a believer and God has been trying to get your attention for a while now maybe this is God's final desperate attempts to get it Stop running. Listen. Many people like to pretend that they can't hear God. You can. You've heard him before. You knew he was the one speaking to you. You knew it inside your heart. But what he said wasn't really pleasant. Remember, God is not trying to please you. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's not trying to please you. He's doing it for his pleasure. And that's okay. Because his pleasure is good. Your own pleasure might be detrimental to your own life. Do you know the entire concept of sin is funny? Things we know that we don't need, but we love them. That's what sin is. We know the thing is detrimental to my health, my life, spiritually and physically. Ah, but we love it. So we stay with it. And God is trying to call you out of it. God is trying to call you out of that season and bring you to a place of goodness. And listen, this isn't even about the process. You know, sometimes many of us are in the process of the transition from, you know, where we are stuck in sinfulness and we're transitioning to walking in God's light. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about those who are stuck and God is calling you and you're pretending like you can't hear. It must come to an end. We must come to an end. Maybe this is your final lesson on, on God's leading. Sometimes God's leading is leading is a moral leading. Do you understand what I'm saying? I've taught you how so many times one major way um, salvation is described in the Bible is the leading of God. When the Bible says as many as, le- as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the source of God. That, that wasn't referring to divine direction. Rather, it was referring to the leading that happens in salvation. Do you get this? Ah, yes. In Galatians chapter 5, when it says, um, be, um, be not led, be led by the spirit so that you don't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. The leading of the walk in the spirit that you may not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. The walking in the spirit, the leading of the spirit, in Galatians 5. Is Galatians 5 2? The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Okay. That's what it is. So sometimes the way God wants to lead you first, in fact, not sometimes, every time. God's first assignment, the Spirit's first assignment in your life is to lead you into a place of morality, into a place of moral excellence. But many times we want to circumvent the leading of moral excellence and walk right to divine direction without the moral excellence. But so many times, the moral excellence positions us better for divine direction. God doesn't waste resources. Let me teach you something now. God doesn't waste his resources. God would rather give a pagan king the money if he knows the pagan king will use that money to advance his kingdom. Do you know? Do you know? So maybe, and I'm not saying this, I'm saying this, I'm not saying this to shade anybody, or I'm not saying this spitefully, but maybe the reason why all your prayers for God's blessing on your life should be answered they haven't been answered. It's because you are greedy and God knows it. Pastors, we like to make people feel good. Tell you God's time is the best. That's the meaning of my name, by the way. We tell you God's time is the best. And don't worry. Keep going. Maybe, do you realize that not every hindrance is a matter of God's timing? Some hindrances are a matter of your positioning. Are you getting it? Some hindrances are a matter of your positioning. So set yourself, be honest with yourself. I've told you several times, before God, little is much. Remember didn't say, he who is faithful in little will be faithful in much. He says, he who is faithful in little is faithful in much. What does this mean? It means that God knows exactly how you will behave if he blesses you with so, so, so amounts. Exactly. So sometimes for your own good, he won't. They won't. Me that I'm your pastor, some of you, I'm afraid for when you have money. Not you in this church. Some people, let me put it like that. I'm afraid for what you will do when the Lord should put resources in your hand. We won't see you in church again. We won't see you again. You, fellowship ends, all of that. And, and God knows. And he knows that if you should just stray like that, the devil, the devil is outside church waiting for you. He's outside the door. He's just waiting for you. Once the morning, should just enter your hand and you just come and say, hey, welcome, good and faithful servants. Let's go. You better learn it. So, many times, the Holy Spirit will first of all want to lead you into moral excellence, into love, into joy, into peace. He wants to lead you into peace. He wants to teach you long suffering. Long suffering is another word for patience. It's not suffering for long. It's patience. He wants to teach you patience. Because so many of us, because of impatience, we run amok. Especially in this generation. Impatience is the death of many. Impatience has led people to Yahoo, Yahoo, Yahoo Plus, which is now using um, diabolic means to be fraudulent Impatience. impatient. It's fun, and the devil is smart. Open your eyes. Our generation in our 20s have more resources than any other generation that has ever passed through Nigeria in their 20s. Do you know? There are many 20-year-olds that are millionaires. Many 20-something-year-olds that are millionaires. Many. And so, from your childhood, God already saw where this generation is going to. He started teaching you patience. Instead of teaching you contentment. He started teaching you to tame your appetites. That's also a leading of the spirit. Maybe, maybe you don't know it. In fact, it's the first way he wants to lead you. Instead of teaching you to tame your appetites, but you were not listening. So now, ah. And this generation is wicked. Because they will post it on social media. Somebody was telling me of how a co-worker just woke up. What's iPhone 14? AirPod Pro. smartwatch, uh, smartwatch. Almost 3 million spent as well. Yeah, it's your age, mate. The person will now post it on IG. Hey, God, when? Are you start feeling bad. You start feeling because of iPhone, iPhone, iPhone. That's not different from iPhone 13, no. It's not different. It's the same thing. Yeah, no, I must, I must have it. And God is leading you in the way of contentment. And so, when the Bible t- was telling us that the Spirit will teach us long suffering, He will teach us gentleness. We didn't know that we will need it now. That you're looking at those around you making so much money and you're praying to God, and God is saying, Be patient now. How old are you? Calm down. There's a whole future ahead of you. Don't jeopardize it. Praise the Lord. Listen, your quest for sensitivity begins with a willingness to realign yourself with respect to the spirit's position per time. With respect to the spirit's position per time. God wants to tame your appetites. See this one I said, he really does. That you have money for it does not mean you should buy it that you can raise the money for it, does not mean you should have it. Tame your appetite. It's not everything you see flying around that you want. Praise Jesus. You learn to be content. You learn to do things at God's pace. Praise Jesus. Have you learned something this morning? I want you to bow your heads and say, Father, I choose to align myself to your will per time. I actually want you to pray. I actually want you to pray. Father, I choose to align myself to your will per time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Per time, per time. Where you would have me go, I will go. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. I surrender Everything I give to you withholding nothing, withholding nothing. In Jesus' name we have prayed, in Jesus' name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Are you blessed by today's service. Thank you for listening. For more, head over to circlechurchglobal.org or visit any of the church campus addresses on the website. God bless you.